Welcome. Welcome to the show that's for all things sports and only sports. You believe in miracles? Yes! High fly ball into right field. She is gone! Each week, Dan and Drew break down sports' biggest moments and best action. Pass is intercepted at the goal line. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back! This is... The Dan and Drew Show. There it is. A win for the ages. Here are your hosts, Dan and Drew Walker. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Dan and Drew Show. I'm Drew. That is Dan. Hello, everyone. And we got a special guest today. His name is Danny. I can't see your hands. You, you oh, got to yeah, no. talk. I'm thinking it's a camera. My bad. No, no, no. We, we have faces for radio, so you got you to gotta talk with your, oh, your voice, not your hands. Anyways, this is Danny. He's coming alongside us today. Yeah, um, you know, just a bum basically. I just play <laughs> golf. That's all I do. That's why I'm on the podcast. That's yeah. uh, I mean, that's fair. Today we're going to talk about the U.S. Open that's taking place this weekend. But let's get into sport some sports headlines. Then we're going to talk with Danny, kind of uh, pick his brain a little bit and get into some golf. So let's do it. If you don't know much about golf, this is your episode today. But let's start out with some NFL headlines. So. Dan, I want to talk to you about this real quick. And Danny, you're welcome to chime in whenever you want. Absolutely. So talking about the NFL. Now, Danny, you lived in Nashville, big Titans fan. You know everything about it. Well, first of all, how do you feel about Julio Jones? I like it. I mean, probably the most exciting offense in NFL right now. Yeah. Titans offense is going to be dynamic this fall. But I want to talk specifically about Aaron Rodgers. And I know this is a dead horse that we continue to beat. I know it's the probably... The main topic in the NFL right now, because it is a lull period, it's a dead part within the season. So on ESPN on Get Up, they were talking about Aaron Rodgers and Dan Graziano reported that NFL owners don't want Aaron Rodgers to get traded because they believe, as in the owners, it could turn into the NBA, where it's a players run league, as you and I have talked about. And if you get a player like Aaron Rodgers, who's basically complained for the past couple of years, now I think is justified because I don't think Green Bay is doing anything to help him. But they believe that if he continues to complain and, and the Packers give in, then players around the league are going to start seeing that, and therefore it's going to turn into the NBA. I mean, I can agree with that, but in Aaron Rodgers' situation, he's been asking for years for just some offensive help with wide receivers, not even running back, just some weapons that he can throw to. And we saw that was an issue for them uh, going into the playoffs last year and into the championship. Uh, the NFC championship where their lack of weapons was um, it really was exposed. I mean, beyond Devonta Adams, the second best weapon was a tight end who yeah. wasn't even originally with the Packers. So um, I think this needs to be addressed. They need to nip it in the bud and Aaron can't go anywhere because uh, Jordan love is not in a situation where he can take over a playoff ready team yeah. and take him to the Super Bowl. Uh, it doesn't make sense on, from their point of view. Um, I thought it was, really dropping the ball this past year in the draft when they didn't uh, once again take a viable wide receiver. They did take one, um, but I think with the the depth of the wide receiver class this last draft, they really dropped the ball, and uh, Aaron is getting more and more frustrated. But, yes, I agree. That's the big problem why I don't like the NBA because it is a player-ran league. And uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago with LeBron James where he, he violated COVID protocol, but because it's LeBron – they just let it pass. They let it slide, and and he got to continue to play. Yeah. Now, granted, they're not in the playoffs anymore, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
I don't I don't hate to see it. I know the NBA is uh is frustrating in itself that their star player, the face of the NBA, is not in the playoffs. Yeah, but what are you going to do that the best team right now are the uh, Phoenix Suns? Uh, yeah, just that's true. The Nuggets. I'm so. not angry at that. Um, yeah, I, I'm cool with uh, with with teams that you know we don't normally see, and that goes that goes across all leagues. The fact that Montreal is we're going to talk about hockey now. The fact that Montreal is in it, you have the Newark Islanders who haven't won anything since the '80s, and then you have Vegas Golden Knights who, in their first year, the inaugural season, they made it the Stanley Cup, and they might do it again. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lightning, they're. I swear they're in the mix every single year, but it's nice to see some teams that haven't been in there in a while, the possibility of them going to the Stanley Cup. Uh, now, we know, Danny, that you are a Titans fan for football and also a Predators fan for hockey. So let's get a Nashville synopsis. Based all. Yeah, Nashville sports. Uh, let's get a um, your opinion or review of the season for the Nashville Predators. As a fan, not only are you a fan, you worked for both teams. Yes. Okay. So what is, um, at this point, what do you uh, see the Nashville Predators and how they ended their season and even coming up? Because we got the NHL draft yeah. just a couple of weeks away. So what do you hope for the Nashville Predators? Overall, for last season, considering how they started, I wasn't disappointed. Yeah. Um, they started out really rough. And the fact that they even gave the Canes the slightest bit of, like, competition one, during one, the two playoffs. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That was impressive. They didn't even win two games against Tampa. Exactly. So. <laughs> I, I didn't expect much going into the playoffs. So, I mean, it's what I expected, but I'm not happy. I'm okay with the players. I'm not happy with management and ownership, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like a lot. W- which ownership? Because they got like 20 different <laughs> yeah, owners. <laughs> you look at their ownership list. Yeah, it's like 20 names. It's insane. that like, I don't think you can be successful when there's 20 or whatever, how many owners the Preds have. And then you also have David Poyle. He's been there for so long. You talk about management. I mean, he's literally been yep. there since the conception of the team. And I, I've talked to friends about this where I think the Nashville Predators need to get rid of David Poyle because look at his track record. Yeah, they're in the playoffs consistently, but he's been a general manager for over 40 years yeah. with mm-hmm. the Capitals before the Predators. And he's gone to the Stanley Cup Finals one time in 41 seasons. Most people, if they had that kind of track record with their job, they would have been fired a long time ago. Very long time ago. So it's like, when do you say, okay, you know what? Thank you, David, for your service. You're the winningest GM in uh, NHL history, but it's time for you to move on. He's basically the Marvin Lewis of the NHL. You, mm-hmm. you, you're a head yeah. coach in Cincinnati for so long. You don't produce. You don't do anything. And you're, you have a cushion job. And I think until David Poyle is fired, and he's a great person, you know, he does things the right way. But at what point does he get fired? Because you've only been in the Stanley Cup once. And if you want the team to progress, you, you got to make some some hard changes. With their roster going into the playoffs, it was a very young roster. They, you know, they have some key pieces like Roman Yossi and they have Philip Forsberg on the offense. They have Pecorine, a, a veteran, and a his number will absolutely be in the rafters in Nashville. But UC Saros was the sole reason why they were able Absolutely. to win two games against yeah. Carolina. He was standing on his head that whole series. Um, and they were a, cl- a clear underdog. But a- another underdog, to get back to Drew's point about Montreal, we continue to pick against them, uh, which is our – we, we kind of root for the underdog. And against Vegas, they are surely the underdog. And it showed a couple of nights ago when they played uh, Vegas and they lost 4-1. to one. 
It didn't. It, it was complete domination from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, they they have an uphill battle to climb, especially. I was looking at the stands with Vegas. They the, the Canadians have not played an American team in 15 months. And they're going from playing in Canada where no fans are allowed to Vegas where they were. It was not a single seat was open. Mm -hmm. It was, it was incredible to see because again, we haven't seen stadiums that full in a long time, but how intimidating is that? Because Vegas, their fans come out and they support the team. Mm -hmm. So you go from Montreal, who's had little to no fans this whole year. That's to going into, to going into Vegas and you have one of the loudest stadiums in the NHL that's jam packed. Arenas. It has to be different. Yeah, arenas. I mean, it's it's absolutely incredible. So, but, you know, Dane and I posted on our social media as far as our game picks. So I have Vegas in six games. Dane, I think you have it in five. Mm-hmm, I do. And then for the Lightning, or yeah, the Lightning Islanders games, I have Lightning in seven. But let me update you with MLB. Then we're going to talk about NBA for just a moment. And then we're going to get into some. Um, the meat and potatoes of the podcast. Yeah, we're going to talk golf, golf and golf. US Open. But. So for the MLB, I'm just going to update the standings. So right now, Tampa Bay Rays, Chicago White Sox, Oakland Athletics, they're leading their respective divisions. In the AL. In the AL. And then Red, the Red Sox hold the wild card spot right now. Then you have the New York Mets, Milwaukee Brewers, San Francisco Giants, in the NL with the Brew, or with the Dodgers leading the wild card. You know what I like about that? You, the the teams that you listed? The Yankees aren't in the, it. The Yankees aren't <laughs> in it. They, they're not in it. They are but, not doing well right now. But it is so it's so refreshing because this is – not something that we see all too much with uh, NBA especially, but even within the NFL the past year, a couple of seasons, you have a lot of teams on that list that traditionally have not been in the playoffs. Mm-mm. I mean, the San Francisco Giants, they have been great. They have been good in years. Yeah. And the athletics, they, they're usually that one and done team. Yeah, they're always the in the mix. They always make playoffs, but they, Brewers, can't, they can't get past Chicago it. Chicago White Sox. I mean, hey, I'm going to say, I'm going to, you know, at the beginning of the season, MLB season, I said the Chicago White Sox are going to be great this year, and then it would be a lot because of their pitching. So, Yeah, they're playing well. The thing is, if, if you look at Arizona in the NL West, all right, so we're not even halfway through the season. Which they're, boggles my mind with, the, I mean, baseball season is so long. So long. They're already 21 and a half games back from the Giants. Woo. They're not even halfway through the season. So Arizona, they, they are the worst team in the majors right now. They don't even they they don't even have worse a worse than Detroit or uh, the um, yeah the Tigers yeah so the Arizona is the only team that hasn't have doesn't have a three hundred winning percentage. Ooh, they are two ninety nine right now as far as their winning percentage. It's not good. So, but I mean, I I'm, like you said, Dan. I'm happy to see the mixture of teams. You don't have the Yankees in there, so I think anybody outside of New York is happy. And the fact that the Mets are in there is mm-hmm. is another added piece to that. But as far as New York teams, New York, talking about the Brooklyn Nets real quick. So okay. Kyrie Irving got he got hurt yet again, which I know it sounds like a broken record saying that. Irving, he should be arrested for fleecing the Cavs, the Celtics, and the Nets in his career, because I tried to Google how much he's made over the course of his career and how many games he's missed but has gotten paid for. And I couldn't find it. I couldn't do the math, but I I can't imagine or that I would imagine he's probably making top five games. He's getting paid per game that he's missing. Percentage wise. Yeah. I mean, it's insane how, how often the dude is hurt. And I mean, his collegiate career at Duke started out hurt and then he goes to the, the NBA and he's been hurt with every single team he's been with. Um, are you a fan of the NBA, Danny? Yeah. 
Uh, I'm actually, I'd say more of a fan of the NBA than most people. More than me. I know that's yeah. for sure. Uh, so more, I will let than. Danny, I will let you take the helm on this one with yeah. talking basketball. Kyrie is a talented player, but I don't think he's worth the money that he's making. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, with, with Kyrie and even Derrick Rose, and I would take Derrick Rose 10 times out of 10 over Kyrie Irving. When you look at both of them with healthy careers, I think Derrick Rose could have been Hall of Famer-esque before he got hurt. And it seems like Kyrie Irving is trending that way where he could have had this Hall of Fame career, but he's never been able to stay healthy. And here we are again, Brooklyn Nets are in the playoffs and he's hurt. Yep. He's got an ankle injury. So we'll we'll see how the, the Nets go. I mean, uh, I think it, they have a super team, yeah. so. Uh, it gives KD a chance to prove that, you know, he can do this on his own. Well, I mean, he did, but then you got James Harden there too. So well, it's James, like. James is still hurt. Oh, well, shoot. That's news to me. That's how much I pay attention to the NBA. <laughs> even, even, wait, wait, even I knew James Harden was. Hurt. Well, I mean, I thought he came back, but you know, I mean, both of them should be back if, if they continue the next round, which I obviously I think they will. Um, if I had to pick a team, it'd probably be Milwaukee, not yeah. just in this series, but like in the NBA, I don't really have a favorite a team. Fan? I, I do like Giannis. Wait, I bought you a, oh no, that was Minnesota. Just kidding. Yeah. I bought you a Jersey. Wrong city, buddy. <laughs> but, Wrong bought state, me a Jersey. buddy. Wrong state. Um, but I have seen the Milwaukee Bucks. I've been there, so I haven't seen a game, but I've seen the, the, the arena. Um, it's but like I don't saying, really I, have a poll. It's like saying I've been to the city. I, I've seen Dodger Stadium. I've just never seen a game. Yeah, I mean, you know, with, with someone that's not really invested in the NBA like we are, Dan, you and I, you know, I couldn't give two rips of who, who wins the NBA championship. Well, uh, you know, I just they, they can go to ESPN for that because that's really all yeah. they talk about. They surely don't talk about hockey. I'm curious. That's definitely going to change. Every now. day the topic is a LeBron topic. Yeah. Uh, well, even he, when he's not playing, you know, LeBron's hairline continues to recede. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've heard the MJ was a LeBron topic. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, now that hockey is going to be half of it is going to be on ESPN. I'm curious how that's going to change. I hope yeah. so. Um, at least for our sake, those of us who are passionate about hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And and. I haven't watched the last dance yet. And I know it's an incredible documentary. People talk so much about it, but, but because, you know, networks talk so much about the NBA, it's forced me to not want to watch it. Mm. So I think when the NBA is over, I might go watch it um, because I heard it's really good and it gives you a different perspective of how good MJ really was. Well, speaking of uh, basketball, like this past week, uh, Pat summit would have been 69. Mm. You know, she yeah. passed, passed away from away. cancer yeah. and I was watching a documentary on just, the impact that she had on not only women's basketball, but like collegiate basketball. basketball yeah. 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 And, um, you know, she, there was instances where she, uh, people said, you're going to lose this matchup, but she knew how important it was to get exposure and to get recognition, even though that could potentially hurt their seating, um, in terms of standing. And I just, I thought she, she was a great person and a, a magnificent coach. Uh, and that was a you know a documentary I saw earlier this week with Pat Summit, the college um, women's basketball coach for Tennessee Vols, uh, and, and just how she just completely changed basketball for women. You know, with uh, you mentioned the kind of the scheduling, I love when athletic directors schedule games that are kind of a little bit out of their realm, and they're willing to compete rather than getting these cookie cutter schedules and you know just want to coast into into uh, you know college playoffs or whatever. Um, but Pat Summit was never afraid. She always played. She was always willing to go toe to toe with, uh, mm -hmm. uh, with Gino or can't pronounce his last name. I'm not going to even try, 
Uh, that, from UConn. Yeah. From yeah. UConn. And so uh, Pat Summon is definitely missing, you know, with, with us three living in Tennessee, I think we have a different perspective than most people, but she was definitely incredible. Not for again, women's college basketball, but college sports and, and really all sports. Cause she, she generally cared about her players and wanted the best for them. And I, I feel like we don't see that as much from coaches anymore. Yeah. Mm. How do you guys feel about next year? There's going to be no coach K or Williams. Yeah. It's going to, the ACC's, Man, it's going to look different. wildly different. I feel like the next head coach to retire is uh, Jim Beheim. I mean, he's been coaching forever. He's been at Syracuse since, you know, dinosaurs were around. But it, it's definitely, it's going to feel weird as as Dan and I are fans of the ACC to see the two greatest or two top five greatest college basketball coaches of all yeah. time not there. It's going to be strange because the rivalry, you have Hubert Davis and John Shire. <laughs> That what like those are going to be the head coaches from the rivalry going forward. Those are you know that's, that's incredible. You know it's interesting you bring that up, Danny, because we talked about Coach K last week, and I personally believe that Coach K and Nick Saban are the best college coaches in any sport in history. I'd agree. Um, and but we didn't address that last week, Drew. When what is what is it going to look like for college basketball, specifically the ACC, that Roy Williams and Coach K are no longer there? As fans of, um, with, you know, local sports for us, Mike, I mean, they're within the fabric of Carolina basketball. Yeah. And Carolina is in the state. And uh, that's um, it's a little depressing. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate that. <laughs> Our neighbor that just moved here, uh, she's from Georgia. Of course, you know, Georgia Bulldogs. But she was asking my wife, you know, how, how does sports work here? Because obviously down there, Georgia football is the cream of the crop in the state. Here, it's college basketball. You have Duke, Carolina. They they supersede any team. They supersede the Hurricanes. They supersede the Panthers. They're eight, nine miles apart from one another. They have this rivalry, not just within college basketball, but in all sports uh, that Duke and Carolina have. And to see the two, two Hall of Fame coaches retire almost at the same time, it's going to be kind of a culture shock in a way because Coach K and Roy Williams have been ingrained in the program, especially Coach K, for a long time. Um, but I'm excited to see what new chapters lie ahead. I hope one team, I'm not going to say who, <clears throat> uh, that they would, um, you know, produce better than the other team. So uh, it's going to be be fun to see. This works well for you because, Danny, I know you're a UNC fan. Yes. And Drew has his specific leanings. My fandom goes by sport. You know, if we're talking football, college football specifically, Clemson. Basketball, Tar Heels. Well, what, about like what about golf? What about golf? Because Carolina wait, did. Wait, wait. Oh, okay. You're talking well, college golf. Yeah, because Carolina men's golf did pretty well this year. I'm, yeah, I've, I've always been Carolina based, whether it's yeah. South Carolina or North Carolina. So I love Wake Forest when it comes to golf. Oh, are you Z- Will Zalatoris fan? Mm-hmm. Dude's a stud. Yeah. Um, he needs some meat and skin on those bones. Hey, I mean, if you play like he that, can't, he can be like Bryson DeChambeau. He is the skinniest. Golfer yeah, but he's a I've good golfer. Seen. I know. Yeah. So I'm just saying he's keep it. Well, like I was keep to mentioning to you early, Justin Thomas is like what 150 something. Yeah, he's a small guy too. So let me. I'm gonna just talk about soccer real quick. You know, right now we're actually watching the Euros. Um, hope you guys have been enjoying it. Now I want to bring this up. Christian Eriksen, who, uh, you know, with the scary moment against Finland, he plays for Denmark. I don't know if many people uh, watch soccer. Um, I know us three. We really love it. And the Euros are something that we much enjoy watching. And, you know, I was watching this game with my wife. And if anybody doesn't know, my wife works in the medical field. 
Uh, she specializes in cardiology. And hold on, kudos to your wife, because I tell you, she's experienced more sports since being married to you than she has her, the entire life yeah. before she met you. And she can actually and name players. And she is a team sport. Yeah, she uh, she she does incredible with how much she's learned. But so yeah, I was watching was in cardiology. Yeah, Sorry. so she specializes in cardiology, and we were watching this and the play on Christian Erickson when he just flat out just just passed out. Essentially, my wife said he's probably gone in cardiac arrest, and I was like, like how can you tell that? Obviously, that's her specialty, and she's like, based off his body language and kind of like what happened. She, she was pretty much convinced that it was his heart. Well, a couple hours later, they confirmed it. They said they had, they had to resuscitate him. And yes, he anyways, he's, he's doing well right now. He's, he's talked with people, but she said, and I, I didn't even think about this. She mentioned that he might not be able to play soccer again because depending on his heart and the situation, it's unlikely because of how much strain soccer and conditioning, all that stuff puts on the heart. And I believe that'll be, it'll be incredibly sad because I love watching him play. Um, I've known him even when he was at Ajax before he joined the Spurs. And I used him in FIFA 2014 when I dominated with him. So, you know, I, I not, like not many people. Well, yeah, I mean, but, but the thing is like, you know, not many people, especially casual fans, because Dan, I don't even know if you knew who Christian Erickson was. Um, you would be correct. Yeah. So it's not the Euro 2020 underway. You know, I know we all love it, but, you know, we've been watching every day and, and selfishly I'm wanting Germany to win it all. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to do it, though, because really? I think France is, yeah, Deutschland. Look, uh, Drew and I have been rooting for them. I told you when we went to Boston that one year. Oh, yeah, when they played Brazil. They played Brazil. Like 7-1. to one. Cup. Oh, yep. And that we was were, a massacre. I remember We were in, uh, the, in a bar and we were the only Germany fans in there. Yeah, and everybody was Brazil everyone fans. Everyone was, was Brazil. Was, man, that was, yeah, Boston, it was so yeah. weird. Yeah, we uh, went up there for a trip, and uh, hmm. it was funny because we went to a Boston game. I'm sidetrack here. We went to a Red Sox game when they played the White Sox, and we made the dumbest mistake, and we left that game early. All right, in our defense, we left. I know we were so there were so many runs behind. Yeah, and they came what, back in like the bottom of the it? ninth. It when was was it the was six bottom or seven? Of, no, I know for a fact we didn't leave before the seventh. Okay, so maybe the seventh inning stretch is when we left. That's we, out early, we, man. We wanted to get on um, the T, which is what they call their subway, and to catch before all the crowds. And we find out when we get on the subway that we made a stupid decision leaving. <laughs> but the yeah, thing but is, what, 20, we were so twenty fourteen. Oh, it was twenty fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Have a great team. Yeah, that year. yeah. But because, it was so far. The Red Sox were so far behind, and you know. Chris Sell was pitching for the White Sox. So at that time, Chris Sell was an absolute stud. So we thought, okay, there's no way the Red Sox are going to come back. Well, they ended up coming back. They won in the bottom of the ninth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it we, sucked. That was the same trip that we were there. Um, and we saw in the bar. That was also where I had the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. Uh, and we saw Brazil lose to Germany. That was a, a great That was experience. a shellacking. But, yes, Drew still... Roots for yeah. Germany. Yeah, no, so I, I enjoyed watching them win that year. I will say mm-hmm. that when they played against Argentina, because Schweinsteiger, oh, man, the, I was so happy. Ladder, oh, I can't. I, I love to me. Yeah, I and mean, I didn't well, want him to get that before Ronaldo. The thing is, like, people and we could literally spend a whole podcast on talking about Messi and Ronaldo. But uh, well, we did one time talking about did, the goats. But Messi, the thing is, people want to neglect the overall career. They want to take out the World Cup part or the international part but the thing is Ronaldo has been consistently good as far as international as well so that 
that's another element that people like to, uh, to avoid talking about with Messi, you know, with the Euro, obviously I want Germany to win, but France, they're just too deep and they're really good. Uh, I don't think Germany has a chance. Now that group is group F is incredibly difficult. I definitely want to see Christian Eriksen playing again, but the reality of it, it might not happen, which would be incredibly sad. Because uh, he is such a good player and he's a good person too. But we should um, be like we, the three of us, were talking before the podcast in that if they did not have the medical staffing they had because of COVID, he would have died. Um, it, it was so they were so quick to get medical attention because of the COVID protocols that they have that they were able to uh, resuscitate him and 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 save his life uh, because they said he was gone for a period of time. I don't know yeah. what that period is, but they said a period of time he was gone. So. At least he is uh, resting and recuperating in the hospital. We're going to take a break real quick. Once we get it back to the podcast, we're going to talk with Danny. We're going to talk U.S. Open. So stick around. We'll be right back. Show break. Got social media? media. Give Dan and Drew a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Dan and Drew Show. We'd love to hear from you. Now, back to the show. All right. So today is the U.S. Open Played in Torrey Pines, San Diego, South California. Mm-hmm. Our hometown, Dan yeah, and South I. Co- South Course. Yeah, South, yeah, South yeah, Course. South Course. Mm-hmm. course. Torrey Pines is so huge. On tour. Is it, what is it, like 7,900 or something? Yeah, it's close. I think it's like 7,800. But, but the reason, insane. before Drew gets in, the reason why we have Danny on, because Danny is an actual golfer. That's what he does. He golfs. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll on, get to that on, in on just a day, moment. Yeah. I just, Danny, I, Danny, I, I, yeah, I that, know he can talk about himself, but I just want everyone to know who's listening. Like he's not just, you know, bum off the street. Torrey Pines is, is where the U S Open is going to be taking place. Bryson DeChambeau, the defending champ. You know, the thing is Matthew Wolf was the runner up, uh, last year. And I would love to see that goofy swing finish at, on top. He should be in the mix. He makes me, and I know he hits the ball incredibly well, but he gives me hope knowing that my swing, that swing is, you know, probably not as severe as hit, hit, you know, his swing is, but he's still a good golfer. Phil Mickelson is getting to play in his hometown. After the PGA extended an invitation for him to play, you know, considering at the time he wasn't even qualified to play because you have to be top 60 within the golf rankings. Right now he's ranked at number 30. Now, Danny... Dane and I talked about this the other day. Should the PGA be able to extend invites to people who don't qualify for, you know, majors? Yeah. Uh, especially with certain caliber players, like, especially like Phil, like there's a lot of fans right now that would love to see Ricky Fowler and he didn't make a cut. I won't be able to see that bright yeah. orange out there. Seriously. He's been one guy that I've been wanting to win a major for years and he got pretty close a few years ago. He mm-hmm. in his top three in all four majors. That's pretty hard to do. He probably needs to just change his hat because he wears that <laughs> flat bell hat. And I'm like, dude, if you just change it up, it might, it might, I don't know, produce you a major because Maybe. his, look, you guys are so focused on that when I'm focused on the fact the he's stash. got that caterpillar around his lip. That's for oh, the yeah. bros. And you know, it's, it's done him well in the past. <laughs> well, he still hasn't won a major though. And yeah. you know, Ricky, I think, I think people love Ricky Fowler. Uh, he's not my favorite golfer, but I enjoy watching him play. Um, and he, when did he start on tour? I think it was he like started, 2007. He started he was young. Kid, yeah. Most people thought maybe he would be kind of the next Tiger Woods-esque. I know that we probably won't have another one of him, but, um, but anyway, so you think that they should extend invites yeah. to players like Phil and some other, you know, well, but why? What's, yeah, what, what's, what is your reasoning for why they should extend it? 
I mean, golf, just like every other sport, mostly is a spectator sport and people are out there. I mean, one, especially with golf, you have, let's say, 150 players out there. One other guy is not going to really throw off the dynamic of the whole tournament. Well, we we talked a couple of weeks ago, uh, Danny, about the PGA changing how players are paid. You bring more attention to the sport, you get paid more. Yeah. To see him there. Now, granted, seeing him win the PGA Championship, I was like, yes, that was so fun to watch. Yeah, but that's frustrating because prior to him winning – he, there's no way he should even sniff the U.S. Open because he's been playing terrible golf. Now he wins the freaking PGA, and now he's back on top, and Phil is Phil again. And I love so it. Your, your take is no, no, I don't think so. I think you, I think you should be good at golf to qualify to play in majors. Uh, and I understand the weight that he's carried within the sport. Phil is overrated with the hype that he gets. I'm not saying he's an overrated golfer. What I'm saying is he gets so much hype and maybe it's the case right now because tiger's not playing, but he's getting so much attention. And I'm like, before his PGA win, he's been playing terrible golf, but people think he's still top five in the world. And it's like, that's not the reality. And so, I mean, that definitely has to be on purpose because golf needs somebody to point. Yeah, that's true. I mean, all right. So we understand that golf is a whole predominantly, uh, consists of older people, you know, people our age, they're getting more in, involved within it. But then well, you have players. Well, say, hold on a second, Drew. When Danny and I went on the course this morning, oh, uh, yeah. we were definitely the youngest by decades. Yes. Oh, yeah, years. Sure. It's like when you and I, Danny, a couple of weeks ago, we played. I mean, it was, we were the youngest people there by a large margin. And so you have Phil, who's been a player that has kind of fit that generational gap of older, you know, 60, 70 year old you know, players or people who are watchers of the game to our generation. Yeah. And so he's been able to bridge that gap. Look, older people are not looking at Bright or Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. They're not looking at them. They yeah, want they older golfers. Their uh, attitude. Yeah. So and I'm going to ask you game. something about that in a little bit. Phil is transcending the game he has. And so I think the PGA, they need him to be there so they can, he can fit that generational gap. This is his, what his 30th year on tour, tour right? He's been playing as long as Drew and I have been alive. That's that's incredible. Yeah. So only sport, almost, only sport that I know you can do that with. Yeah, unless you're Tom Brady. And so how how many years? Because he technically qualifies for senior status. Yeah, I mean uh, he, he could have actually you yeah. know, qualified last year. Yeah. So what I'm asking is, how long does he stay in his current position before he transfers? I honestly think that the PGA championship was a fluke. Like that was a once in a That's what I'm saying. And, but I don't, he, think, he has, he, he I don't got, think he has the game. But still. that's how sports work. Sometimes you, you get hot at the right moment. We saw this past weekend with the Palmetto. I was looking at the, the shot leads. I mean, it was all over the board Yeah, and you hit right when you're supposed to. I mean, that's just, you know, I don't see him absolutely having any type of chance of winning yeah. this coming weekend. With well, the- When we did a recap of the PGA, I said that Phil's win was a fluke. It's a one and done thing. And people, again, say he's back. But you have to look at the course of how he's played the past couple of years. He hasn't won a major in forever. And suddenly he's won again. And people think he's, again, top five in the world. He's uh, not. Well, Look, even I don't think that. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm saying people act like it. Yeah, he's consistently been missing top twenties for the yeah. last year. Now. And and that's that's what I'm frustrated. Again, he's not an overrated golfer. He's won an incredible amount of majors, but I'm saying the hype that he's been receiving the past year makes you think that he's the, the best in the world. The only thing I can say is that unequivocally, he's the greatest left-handed golfer. I'd I'd say right or left-handed, probably 
the greatest short game I've ever seen. Well, and it's, I'm glad that you brought that up because I want to ask you a couple of questions, Danny. All right, before we get into some questions, Danny, I want you to tell the people, obviously you're a golfer, Danny and I are getting into golf. Tell us about how you were introduced to the game of golf. What are you doing right now with the game? And, you know, talk about maybe your handicap, what's in your bag, like what do you like to use and uh, maybe what's your dream bag? Because for me, you know that I want some Misuno's MP20s or some tailor-made uh, P770s. I mean, I would love some of those, but not there yet. But kind of talk to us about who you are. I started playing golf when I was like 14. I got introduced by, at the time, my best friend, his dad, which both of them are probably, now that I realize it, probably the worst golfers I've ever played with. <laughs> but, but to me, well, they were like, oh, man, they're so good. Because I got out there in my head thinking, all right, I'm a I'm a baseball player. I can do this. Yeah. No. Got you off. know, it's funny the amount of baseball players who think that they can golf, yeah. and then they go up That's to the you tee, see, you and see. they tr- and they're yeah. they're hitting a golf ball like a baseball. Well, because you you think you know you're getting a ball thrown at you, maybe at that time like 60 miles an hour. The the ball is moving and yeah. I can hit it. This ball's not moving. I can hit it. No. I've, it's a I've lot smaller in the first day. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, golf is hard, but you know we have a group. Not just us three. We have another guy that's that's getting in, in golf as well. Soon we'll be able to have a a four man scramble. Uh, really going to be taking Danny's ball every time, but um, <laughs> no, that's okay. We're trying to get better. No, we have the to. Putting green. I'm expecting you guys to carry the work. Oh. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, but back on um, your you know you were introduced when you were 14 mm-hmm. uh, by your best friend and his dad. Yeah. Uh, and then what happened after that? Um, you know, I've always been in team sports, but I got hooked on golf because I was like, well. You know, I can't depend on anybody else to fail and, or succeed. And if I fail, it's on me. And I loved it. I just, I got hooked to it. Um, that was actually my first job ever at mm-hmm. the golf course. I lived on, at an apartment, cor- uh, like right on the course. And uh, I worked as a cart boy, washing carts all all day long. Got paid nothing. I was allowed to play for free though. And then I just played every day for probably about three years until I got legitimate. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I saw there was some potential, I started having the idea. I was like, hey, maybe I can do something with this. I went to Myrtle Beach, which it's no longer open, but uh, the Golf Academy of America. Where it's a, it was a collegiate school, which is the dream thing if you think about it. You have morning classes, like the you know general education. And then you have afternoon classes where, like golf history, golf lessons. You have all the simulators you could want, all the lessons you could need play golf for free. Well, not free. It's intuition, but mm-hmm. play at any course in South Carolina. Like, wow. Yeah. It was legit. They got so some even good Kiwa, courses there. You can go no, 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 no. Okay. No. See, let me correct that. Any any course in the in like the Myrtle Beach okay. down and up area. I'm like, I'd be going near oh, yeah, Charleston. No, I would have just been playing in Kiowa. <laughs> right now, you, you're, how close are you to being a scratch golfer? Uh, I'd say I'm one or two tweaks away from being there already. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I've had the pleasure of, of seeing you play, and I know that when you're on, uh, you, you're difficult to beat. Um, well, you were in a tournament this past week, and you came in second. Uh, but, you, I mean, you didn't play by yourself. No, it, it was a, a best ball team. Yeah, best ball. And But I will say, you know. It was all your balls, though, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to throw my partner out. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, the second day was a little rough. But, you know, like, like I was telling him, I one of us was bound to have some uh, – a bad stretch of holes because it's just golf. Yeah. And, you know, luckily I was able to step up and keep it going. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive. It was it a two, was it a two man group? Yeah. 
come in second with two-man group and you're yeah. carrying pretty much the entirety of the load, uh, that speaks volumes to, to your game itself. Now, as far as your bag, what are you, what are you swinging with? Well, uh, what are your, do you want his dream bag? or well, what We're going to yeah. ask both. Okay. What's in your current bag? Right, right now, Titleist from wedges to irons, all Titleist. And then, of course, I'm a big tailor-made driver guy. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like they do not miss at any point in year. I, you could go 15 years back. Their, their drivers for tailor-made are still better than some of the drivers now. Yeah. I mean, they're just that good. Um, putter, uh, I think I found it in a trash can. It's literally falling apart. <laughs> your, your putter that, is... That uh, putter is older than you. It's older probably than older than me. Three. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, tailor-made, if anybody wants to send me SM2... And I'll let Dan, Danny swing it, yes. you know, uh, every <laughs> so now and nice then. Your, as far as your dream bag, let's start with your your driver and if you want to carry any woods or hybrids. I'm glad you mentioned well, the woods. You, off, you get wait, 14 clubs, so. Wait, first off, I want to know what golf bag you would put it in. Oh, I have a tailor-made bag, but if mm-hmm. I, I, I've been wanting to switch to a Titleist bag. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so if I'm thinking dream 14-club bag, Titleist bag, I'm staying with Titleist irons. It's just, I think, blades, of course, MBs. Now the year doesn't have to be specific. I can do anything in the past four years. Yeah, um, definitely Vokey wedges, TaylorMade driver. Um, I don't necessarily like the Sim drivers. I just don't. The Sim twos. Yeah, I, I've hit them and I, I hit them well, but I just don't like the feel of it. I love the M five. Do you like M5. the the new Titleist driver? What is it? The T one. What is it called? The black one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, my partner this past weekend, Ben. It he, looks he like played with it. It, it looks it so boring. Their stuff is very like just yeah clear cut like clear cut, you know, traditional. When you think of golf, Titleist is probably the number one thing. That and maybe Callaway, but yeah. um, so an, an M5 TaylorMade driver, mm-hmm. um, all Titleist for irons. Yes. Okay, and you you're not a fan of three woods. You like a three iron? Absolutely not. Yeah, I I'd, I would rather I have both. I would rather hit my instead of a three wood. What I would like to do is get a driving iron. You know, maybe a two iron um, and just install a driving shaft in it. I've never heard. I mean, I know they exist, but I personally don't know anyone who uses a two iron. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of players on tour that do use them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's more consistent than a three wood. Fairway finder. Yeah, basically. But now if you know how to hit a three wood well and consistently, pick that. But it's just my swing right now at the moment. Maybe it'll change. But right now at the moment, it does not fit a three wood very well. Okay. All right. So you... Now, the, the only thing left is your putter. I'm pretty sure I know where you're going, but I want the, the people to know. Well, most people would assume that I'm going Scotty Cameron. Because uh-huh. I used to, I uh, played a Scotty Cameron when I was at Myrtle Beach, and I love that. But I actually, I love the ping answer too. And that, you're not a is, ping guy. I, in no way, shape, or form. I have a Except ping. Except for the putter. I have a ping glove, and I want it to fall off. Yeah, I remember. Oh, speaking of glove, I have that that other one that you can look oh, at yeah. and see if you want it. Well, he... Uh, he, he I, I wasted 26 bucks at the golf course on this glove. Yeah, because he has a hole in his, so this past weekend he bought a ping glove for 26 bucks. Because he, he had to he had to have one for the tournament. No, yeah. but why didn't you just tell me? It, it was... Uh, when I told you that I, was, I wanted it, it was uh, the night before oh, okay. the tournament, and I didn't know if you were busy. It's not spelled like answer, like A N S E R. Yeah. This thing is plain. The the blackhead. Yeah. It might look it black might and look red. Strange. Yeah. I love it. It yeah. it just rolls off the face so well. And I would probably get the, I don't know what grip I would put on it now that I'm thinking about it. You got to put in uh you got to put in a jumbo grip. Let me, um, there are two things I want to ask you while we're on the conversation of putter. The first is, 
because the ping putter that you like is similar to mine, even though mine's like garbage and that they're very thin, mm. but then you have some that are very bulky that are very square. Like a mallet putter. Yeah. yeah. Mallet. So what, um, for someone who's an expert at golf, what is the difference between the two? Like I'm flatter, so- flattered with the expert part. I don't know if we're there yet, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, just, it's all like opinion yeah, like, or preference. What, what preference. Yeah. It's just, what you but like. is there, there's more weight in it? Yeah, I mean, of course, there's more weight in the mallet putters. Mm-hmm. And if that's the feel that you like, golf is a real feel sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if that if that fits you well, then you're probably going to think that you're putting better and you will put better. Most of the time, if you think you're going to do better, you will. And the second, um, it's oh. the, it's the ma- what is it, the arm bar? Oh, oh gosh, don't get yeah. so no, 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 we're going to talk about that. <laughs> the second question I have for you, Danny, mm-hmm. is... Um, with putters is the arm bar where it's like really long and there's some conversation within the USGA and the PGA of whether that style of putter should be allowed. So fill the listeners in on what exactly we're talking about, Danny. And I want your opinion of whether they should be allowed or not. Arm bar is just the grip. It it aligns like parallel to your arm. So it basically gives you like a straight shot to the putt. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Instead of you having to align your body and do all this, like the whole triangle thing and then try and f- figure it out with your putter, it just straight shot from your ar- arm down. It's it's basically really look long. at Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's doing exactly what they're explaining. And, and a lot of players are now going into that because, I mean, I tried it out myself. A few of the guys this past week in the tournament were trying it out and it's, it just takes so much of the difficulty away. Like, especially alignment. I mean, you're basically easy. I think that if the PJ is going to allow it, I'd, I'd definitely do it. And everybody else should, should do it because it gives you a mm-hmm. huge advantage. But well, Xander Shifley said the same thing. Yeah. He said, as long as it is allowed, he's going to use it, use okay. it to your advantage. So should golf in general ban it and say, no, you can't have it that your putter X amount of, you know, inches mm-hmm. or centimeters. Or- I want to say no, but I'm actually going to lean towards yes, because I mean, golf is the only sport that I know, like you can argue with other sports, but I mean, really with golf with the equipment and there's such an advantage that you can have in certain things. Yeah. And I mean, talent is going to come down to most other sports. Mm-hmm. You know, it, that ball is not going to change in basketball. Football is not going to change, in, you know, soccer and keep going. And golf, certain equipment might help you in, in the smallest ways. And then that really can make a big difference. And whether you win the tournament that week or you don't. Well, that, that would extend to the type of golf ball you use because well, you are trying to compress golf balls and mm-hmm. because the hitters on tour now are killing the ball. Like yeah. Bryson DeChambeau is the perfect example of that. I mean, people are making golf courses look silly. As long as he's not looking for it in the trees. I mean, or, yeah, that's the other uh, part of the game that he's forgetting about. Yeah. He had to sacrifice something and he did. I, well, I, I tell you, you know, some people are like, man, he can really hit the ball. I'm like, yeah, but his problem is it's like 50-50 of whether yeah. it ends up in the but fairway. But if he puts it in the middle, which that's what yeah. happened at the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot it was when he won fall. It last year. It was year. fall, man. Yeah, it, it feels like year. it was not that long ago, but mm-hmm. yeah. it was in the yeah. fall. Mm-hmm. Um, he was hitting all fairways with, and he was hitting it on average, like three forty, three fifty. So, I mean, if you're going to do that and then, I mean, yeah, but they're trying to compress the ball and that's like an idea of it. So if you're going to do that with a ball, why not take away advantages in the putter? Yeah. And like for me, I, so I use a blade style putter, but this weekend I was swinging some mallet putters, vastly different. I think, uh, 
whenever I do buy a new putter, it's definitely going to be a mallet putter. Uh, I just like the feel of it more. Um, but there are the putters that I would love to have that are custom made or, or blade style. So, uh, but I'm not dropping $500 on a putter. Uh, <laughs> the, the putter is the only one where with the, in terms of grip that you really see, there's a difference between a really thin grip and a really bulky one. Yeah. Do you, what do you prefer Danny? Um, I've never played with a bulky one. I've hit around with it a few. Well, luckily, I've, I've never tried 18 holes with a bulky one. And I need, we have I need a friend to, who has yeah, one. So I need to start it. trying it just to see if it'll work. Um, I definitely, I need, I want to get rid of my putter. Now, I can't blame my putting game right now on my putter. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of things that I need to work on, but it does affect it in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when I went this week and I test drive some drivers, I was like, no, it's definitely confirmation. But I've been hitting my... You know, when we went to the driving range with uh, Dane and our other friend, I hit it pretty well. Yeah. I mean, um, like I said, equipment does make a difference in the sport. Because when we, us, us three went to play, you know, uh, with our other buddy, Damien, um, and you guys switched to my driver. Oh, you, man. You and, I hit it uh, so well. Yeah. <laughs> Your driver is definitely a lot nicer than mine. Yeah. You guys were nice. just, yeah, it was adding, it adds distance, it hits it straighter. It's more of a forgiving face compared to like yeah. just the notch well, drivers. So there's, um, transitioning to golf ball. There's only one kind of golf ball that you use. It can, this can sound obnoxious, but all my, all the pro guys can go back me up on this. Of course, pro V one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that can sound like, of course, you wait, know. I have to tell this story. Oh, I have this morning. I won't, I won't say, so I won't bad, say the brand. I won't say the brand, <laughs> but he, you know, he only carries X amount of balls with him cause he's, he doesn't lose his balls. So why would you need a handful but he one ended up in the water and the other one was yeah, I don't remember happened. Oh, he snap hook into a house. That's, that's what, right. That's, that's right. <laughs> and so he's like, I think I have another ball in my bag, and he used it. And as soon as he, as soon as he swung his ire, he's like, man, I just felt the poverty off that ball. <laughs> I mean, it. it I uh, just felt the like. When I hit that, I was like, yeah, that ball just... That's a poverty. I can tell that why? Because, why? Because it was a dollar a ball and not $6 no, that, a that ball? That ball felt like 25 cents. Golly, that's the thing. Like, Pro V1s are nice, but I'm not paying 6 bucks a ball. And uh, Have you tried the Pro V1X, though? Do you like yeah, those? Yeah. And actually, I was playing AVXs today, and those played really well. Aren't those the tour... Are those the tour ones? Yeah. Like I was telling Dan, you know, golf ball for the average golfer shouldn't matter because yeah. it's not going to make a difference. That's like for me, I'm not, I was telling Damien cause he's very new into golf. I said, go to Walmart, get yourself a used bag, 40, hey, no 40, free shout outs. No, no free shout outs, Wally world, <laughs> go there get 42 balls for 15 bucks. They're recycled. But the thing is I'm not at this stage in my golf game where I can go out there and spend, you know, more money on better balls. Yeah, knowing Damien, he probably wanted the best. Yeah, he but did. he did tell me, he did tell me that he is going to go over to to Wally World and get well, the recycled and ones. And the thing is with Damien, he he takes very good th- care of his things, but the problem is when you lose golf ball, you I mean, lose golf ball. Care. Yeah. You're going to eventually lose that golf so, ball. So um, my goal is to net only losing one, two. Like uh, if I can leave without only, because this, this past week I only lost one, when I went to go play. So that was, that was a, an achievement in itself. Well, we talked about, uh, Damien was buying his, um, his towel and divot tool and everything. And there was a ball stencil and you mark your ball. Yeah. You yeah. mark your ball. And I, I told, he was like, what is this for? And I said, well, normally balls have numbers on it that help you differentiate, but sometimes people get a stencil cause it's another way to mark it. Mm-hmm. He's like, so we need to start doing that. And since I had that ball last week that was Angus on it, <laughs> yeah. he said, we all need to come up with clever nicknames to put on our balls. 
and we can start coloring it, color coding it. Cause I like orange. I'll, mine would be orange. His would be purple. Cause he likes purple. What is your favorite color? Uh, Dan, Dan thought it was know. blue. I thought, I it mean, was, it is blue, but like, yeah. I feel like it always changes. I can, I can, well, I don't want to do blue cause it's too as close to purple and I can't, I'm, I struggle with my blues and purples. I'll just go with red. I'll just do red. I got a I got a Gatorade that was grape, and he it said this looks blue. blue. Th- I'm like, nope, this but this is purple. I struggle with it too. So wait, what color did you say? I'll just red. I'll use red, red. Okay, and okay. and we all have names. So my my next ball will be Angus too because I lost Angus in the water <laughs> the other day. Um, no, I, I do want to start marking the balls though because I know when we played uh, when us four, I know for a fact that dude stole my ball because. Over the other side, there is a massive opening. And as soon as I cross the, the cart path, he comes flying up and my ball's nowhere to be found. 100% that dude jacked my ball. <laughs> yeah. Because there, yeah, well. there's no way could it could not be seen. It was wide open. And I was uh, I was like, we need to start marking them. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, especially if you're going to play seriously, you, you're going to want to mark it. Because yeah. what, what was the guy's name you were talking about? The 10-stroke penalty, penalty? Hold on. Give me a second. I'm sure that's what you're looking up. I am. So that this basically the background of this story, and Dan's going to explain it more. This guy incurred a, a ten stroke penalty yeah, because he he didn't know which ball was his, yeah. right? And so he yeah. played mm-hmm. a ball that wasn't his. If or something you're playing like that? in a tournament, especially professionally, <laughs> how do you not know? That's like one of the most yeah. basic. Like, come on now. When the thing is like the Callaway Chrome Sauce, don't they yeah. have the three lines in the middle? Yeah, they so come. Like, they come with those three th- lines. That's what I'm saying. So how how do you differentiate that? Because there's a lot of players that use that ball. Yeah. I mean, so they have like, to put their own marking and you well, have, you yeah, have to, but like the three lines are yeah. for everyone. So like, how are you going to, you know, mark it where, because what if oh, your marking is underneath? Yeah. Yeah. Touch it. Yeah. I mean, you might want to mark it on that, put some other, yeah, that's but, true. Maybe like yeah, a tic-tac board. Is, yeah. But <laughs> you also have, I don't know if it's in every term. I just know that every term I played it and most of the ones I've seen, you have to announce your ball before you play. So if he didn't know what ball he was playing with, what do you mean the announcer? How do they so announce you're it? You're on the first tee. You you're with the other guys you're playing with. Yeah, yeah. Paired with you announce them. Say, hey, I'm playing Titleist two, Titleist one Pro V with like, a red dot on it. Yeah, but and just the start of the first hole, right? Or do you have to do that every hole? No, going? no, just the first hole. Now, okay. if you lose a ball, you do announce oh, it. Renounce it. Like, hey, okay. I, I, yeah. Hey, one. I'm playing this poverty ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Uh, 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 basically, uh, anything but Titleist. Well, that's what I would. Danny would have <laughs> thrown it in the water and said, "I don't want this garbage." But it was Mark Hensby where he. Found he he hit his ball. He got a ten stroke penalty at Palmetto this past year or this past weekend, excuse me, um, in the first round, and he ended up dropping out because he played his ball, then he lost his ball, and so he got a new ball, and then he eventually found his original ball. Later he played on, that, and he he was playing. He essentially had two balls. On, yeah, on the, I didn't know that. So yeah. he he played two. Yeah, two because he because he said that he lost his first one. Yeah. So he has, and then. He um, went to go get another ball out of his bag mm-hmm. and started playing that one. And then he ended up finding the original one. Like this is, um, or the ball that he was playing, the second ball was actually, um, it was Pat Perez's ball. And he oh, he's picked playing it another up, player's another ball. Another player's ball. He's like, cause it was very similar. Yeah. He's like, this doesn't look like my ball. So we asked See, for but, rules. But that's why, but that's why you announce what kind of ball you're playing mm-hmm. with. Cause you could say, oh, we're both playing Titleist too. Hey, I'm going to put red dots on mine. Yeah. Yeah. So they need to do a better job of marking their balls. Yeah, that that was on him big time. He'll, yeah. he'll so probably he, never do he, that again. He went from hole. He went from number four, or the eighth or fourth hole to the eighth hole, playing the wrong ball. So yeah. he got strokes, uh, penalties on every single hole. Jeez, no, so, I mean, geez. I mean that 
But the best players have like their name on it. Like Rory has Roars on his. Tiger has Tiger's name on there. So I mean, you're not gonna mistake that. We need to start marking ours though. Um, I told you, but I know if Angus. it's a, I know if it's a Pro V one, and I own it, my ball. It is Danny's <laughs> ball. Um, and if it's anything else, that's a poverty ball. That's a poverty he ball. And that's what it. I use. I use that Wally World ball. But so, but Danny, I want to ask you this. So for us, you know, when we're out there playing, obviously. You know, players on tour, they're world-class and they think vastly different than even you, Danny. And I'm sure that their approach is thinking, okay, I'm going to aim specifically at this spot. But when I'm out there, I'm aiming, okay, I need to hit fairway. I need to hit green. I'm not trying to like pinpoint for you is what are you, when you go out there and play, what are you thinking? Like just casual play or competitive? No, no, competitive play. Competitive play. um, I like to have a layout of every hole before I go out there and play. No, and... I mean, that's why players, they'll do practice rounds so they know where pins is going to be, layouts of the course, where you want to hit. The most important thing for me is where I want to have a miss because you're going to have some great shots, but most of the time you're going to have misses. And if you can can pick the right misses and miss there, then you're going to have a good round. And go ahead. I like today, um, this morning before we recorded, we went... um, it was like a 7.45 tea time and we I'm arrived. sorry about that on your day we, off. We arrived. Yeah. I'm like, you know, the one day that I get to sleep in, I have to be up for a seven, but it was actually really nice because it was very cool and I prefer that. Uh, so when we go, the four of us go again, that's what I want us to have an early, the earliest tea time we can possibly Well, that's have, our maybe. goal. But the thing is, yeah, most of the time they're taken by old bags. Yeah, I mean, older exactly people. exactly what was in front of us. <laughs> Golly, and they take forever. But the tea time was 7.45 and we rolled in at 7.46. 7.46. Yeah. <laughs> And so he immediately went to the first tee box. It had no warm-up swings, no nothing. None. Just uh, straight to it. Yeah, that's not happening. I have to go out there and, and, and hit, do something. So you are thinking, okay, I'm going to hit here, but also you're all thinking where are my misses going to be? Yeah. Like I, if I know, especially on the range that morning, I'll know what I'm tending to do wrong. Yeah. Like if, I, if, I, if I know I'm just going to have the shot today, might just start going left a little bit or right then I'll know where to start aiming. Cause yeah. I mean, you can say the day before, all right, this is where I want to miss and this is where I plan to play. But the next day your swing might not look, be doing what you wanted to do. And so you sure. have to, or weather might affect it because yeah. when I went, when I went with Chris, um, went to a course I'd never played with, played with before. And it was, it was an awesome course, but it had rained early that morning and the sand was stone. I mean, it was, yeah. it was incredibly difficult to try to hit in. And normally I'm pretty decent with my sand game, but this, I was like, this is a struggle. So obviously no one is aiming for the bunkers, mm. but now you have to be more cautious. And maybe sometimes you're being overly cautious and you might shank it. You might hook it or something. I think for Dan and I, our game right now is let's just get in the fairway. Well, um, well, yes. Um, <laughs> but Danny, you talked about that. You, you um, went to hit where you think you're going to miss. Mm-hmm. So what's the purpose of that hitting where you? So think? no, I, I'm not hitting where I think I'm gonna miss. I have a target. Where if where he I does miss, go. then but it's if a good I do miss. miss. It's gonna miss right. Yeah, okay. exactly where I want it to miss. Miss right is incorrect. That's incorrect. Yes. Okay. So yeah, like let, let's say we have a tuck pin on the left. A tuck pin on the left, which means of the green that you can't really see the. Yeah, it the, means the, that like you have a really. just like a like a circle or oval of a green. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be as far as left as, as it can be. Okay. And um, if you miss left, it's not good. Yes. All right. So I'm going to try to go for the, the pin. I'm, you know, I'm always going to fly. That's just me. 
But my miss is right because you have all the green on the right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I know that I'm naturally drawing it that day and going left, well, I can't aim straight at the pin. Yes. So I'm going to aim middle So if I go left or right. So it's just stuff like that. So we, we alluded to it earlier in the podcast, talking about Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. Mm. Now with their beef, I want to, to hear for you, because Brooks said that their beef and their you know situation that's going on with them is good for the game of golf. Would you agree? And, you know, what's your opinion about it all? Uh, I'd say it depends who you're asking, honestly. Because, like, a lot of these younger, like, frat-style type of guys, they love this kind of golf. Yeah. Because I mean, they, they go out and play golf, play 18 holes, and they're probably, like, two cases of beer in by the yeah. time they're done. And they love that kind of golf. Do you remember when you played uh, <laughs> at, at that, um, that course and? The group in front of us were in a bachelor party. Okay. They were drunk. It was drunk yeah. skunks. I mean, like they yeah. were nice, but they were yeah, they were no. drunk. He's like, man, I'm so sorry because one of them had dropped their clubs, and I gave it back to him. And he's like, <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. We're we're having a bachelor party. I'm like, dude, I understand, but <laughs> that's what I told Dan. I was like, like yes, a lot, most of the golf that you will see, especially at the nicer courses, are like older, you know, retired people. Mm-hmm. But now golf is like a huge amount of people just coming in there to like degenerate yeah. people. It's just like, don't care. Yeah. They're out there and just get drunk well, and just play. Amazing. The amount of people who can't plug or they're, they can't fix their plugs like on the green. Like it's, I mean, you see these little, these little holes sitting in the green. I'm like, can you not take even, even the end of your tee and at least use your tee to, to fix it. That, that in some way does bother me. Like on, 18 yes. today, I had maybe like a six-foot putt for a birdie. Mm-hmm. Um, and right in the middle of my line, there was this ball mark that nobody fixed. Yeah. It was just it like it was still like a crater. I hit it right over it thinking that I was like, I don't know how Did much. Did you not I, see it before you I, hit it? I saw it. I was just like, but there's no other way I could go. If I went left, it's why, why can't you left. why can't you take up the divot? Oh, because technically that's improving your line. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's dang man, that's frustrating. Yeah. Well, Fix your divots out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. fix your plugs. Yeah, back to the or even your divots. Like a lot of people, oh, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. use their well, well, yeah, yeah, they don't put sand. Yeah, yeah. Like number three today was to look like craters everywhere. Yeah, and we were talking must about have been Damien. Damien. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, I'm not good enough to hit a correct divot. Most of the time, <laughs> yeah, they're right, before the ball. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So, because Damien asked me, he's like, you. You make a divot with your ball. Why is it bad when I do it? Well, like, I told him why when we were at the range the other day, I said, because you're supposed to hit the ball first, first. Yeah. then create a divot. We've been doing yeah. the divot first. He's, he's the only <laughs> That's one. Why that, the ball goes straight yeah, he's up. The only one I've ever seen go full divot with driver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like sandwich. What? But I hit yeah. his, I hit his driver. Um, it's a nice driver, but I think honestly, oh, because I've gotten board? better, I've gotten better with mine though. And that I'm hitting it. Um, I think I was hitting a little better maybe than his. Um, I mean, I, I made some tweaks. You haven't seen it yet, Danny, but I made some tweaks and, and I feel, feel good in the direction my game's going, but back to Bryson and, and Brooks. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, I think it's who you asked me personally. Um, some of the stuff is fun to watch. I know one of them you can't stand. Oh well, yeah. We're not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you well, could say it. I mean, yeah. you're well, not a huge look. fan of Brooks. I've never liked his game, honestly, because I, as a fan of golf, he treats golf like it's just nothing to him. Like it's like a hobby. And, which, yeah, and he talks about that he doesn't practice. Yeah. And it's not like a jealous kind of thing. Like, oh, I wish I was just naturally that good. It's just more of like, you know, this game has brought a lot to your life. Why treat it like it's nothing to you? You know? Well, you know, Dane and I had this conversation before is there's a lot of athletes out there that I'm sure 
that only play their sport because they are naturally gifted. Oh, yeah. but they may not even like the yeah. game. Yeah. No, so he, he, that might be the situation said, for him. I don't like golf. Yeah. So just doing that. you know, he, he knows he's good at it. He's won multiple no. majors, but that doesn't mean he has to like it. Now I understand what you're saying hey. it's more that more so the attitude aspect, yeah, like that's it's just that's all it is. lackadaisical. I don't really care what people think. I'm just going to play my game. It's just like a, a tad bit of arrogance, yeah. which I can't say anything. I have a little bit of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> and see, that's why I love Matthew Wolf because I feel oh, like yeah. him, he, Straight he's like that guy that was always, yeah, yeah I just want to, I want to play with him because I feel like I would generally have fun playing golf. Then you have some other players on tour that you're like, you know, like, you know, Bubba Watson, apparently the word on the street is he's, he's really hard to golf with. You don't want to be paired with him. Yeah. I don't want to go out there because, you know, and course you hear him chirping to to the you know the fans um <laughs> now but it, why in that situation does it really matter who you're paired with because so like personality wise like you don't have to talk to them do you no but it does pace of play and stuff it, pace of play and like bryson i know he's not, he doesn't slow, have a bad attitude or anything he's like really that slow i know it's that just his I, like i told you this past weekend on the second day of the tournament um the group that we were paired with, one of the guys, his practice routine, and I think highly of practice routines, but yeah. this guy's practice routine, like practice routine, was legitimately the longest thing I've ever seen. He would do the same stuff every single time. Like he'll he'll hit, grab his towel, wipe his ball, yeah, put it on the tee. All right, contemplate literally everything in life before he tees off. <laughs> practice swing about twenty <laughs> times, hit the ball, not like it even it goes even though it goes dead straight. Yeah, go to the next ball, and do the same thing. But how how was he on the course though? Was he good? I, oh, he's a great player. But yeah. it just for me, it was just like I, every shot I had to wait. So and You're I'm just not, like hit the freaking ball. When yeah. I get into a rhythm, I don't like being stopped. Yeah, like, I understandable. Like to keep going. And I had to wait every single time. So I I mean, it is it does make a difference who you're paired with. Yeah, because well, um, because Brooks said you know with with Bryson, Bryson doesn't start his routine until it's his turn to hit. Yeah, and Brooks is saying, why don't you start your routine? Before it's your turn to hit, yeah. by by the time your routine is done, it, it's time for you to hit. So I, I can understand both sides of the argument. Um, I think pace of play definitely needs to pick up within golf because those first two days when you have everyone in the field playing, yeah. it takes forever to get to get uh, you know players going through. So yeah, no, and and like it's, and if you're playing with a player who whines, I mean like you don't have to. I, I whine about the right stuff. <laughs> but no, no, wine saying, <laughs> you, no, like who whines that you that you? Oh, uh, who whines? Are you I'm talking a, about yourself or I'm, other a, I'm saying I've personally played with people, and then of course PGA Tour players mm -hmm. that everybody knows of. Like they just whine. It's just you don't have to listen to them. You don't have to even walk near them when you're playing. But it just it gets like come on. I mean, Bryson does whine a lot. Yeah. Well, There's a lot of players that do whine. Yeah. Well, luckily Danny is very good about um, the environment that he's in because he has a great attitude when he's playing with us who are not great golfers. Yeah, we yeah, but, struggle bus. It's so much fun. But there are some guys that <laughs> we're not going to name it, names. They take it so <laughs> seriously, and I'm like, you're not even a professional. Like, can you just enjoy the game of golf and understand this is a hobby? You are not yeah. trying to be on tour or anything. And I don't like playing with those kind of people. Oh, I get it, and, and that's why I told you 95 percent of the time. I'm always going to be so casual because I know, all right, my game is at a good place. But if I'm not at like the best place possible that I've seen, I, can, I know my game can be, I'm not going to be stressing myself out because what's yeah, the point? Exactly. Because golf is stressful in itself. You could play one well on one hole the next yeah. hole, you know, lose a ball to have to take a drop. You're hitting three. It's a par five. Then you're double bogeying or something. 
oh. it's frustrating. But uh, and I love talking about this because Dan and I talk about it a lot. Golf is the only sport where the casual player and the amateur person thinks they they can do what the professional does just because they've hit that shot similarly once or twice and and I've seen these things on TV. I love that comparison. That is so spot on that a lot of these people, they have, you know, they've been playing for years and years as a hobby and they think that they should be like play like a tour player. Yeah, They'll go out there and think I can do, I can hit this drive 300 yards and this next shot, I can wedge it in 10 feet, five feet every time because they've done it once. Yeah. I don't go out there on the basketball court and think I can dunk just because I can. I've seen LeBron like, do yeah, it or yeah. get something similar. No, like. I, I, and the thing is, these, first of all, the courses that they are playing at are much more difficult than our local courses. I mean, it is incredibly the spectrum difficult. Spectrum is insane. Yeah, and so not only that, but these these players can put natural draws or natural fades, or they can pinpoint it to the exact yardage or they can put more spin on it or let it release. There's a multitude of things that these players are doing that casual golfers think they can do and they can't. If I tell them, Hey, I need you to, you're going to be hitting in a thick, you know, a thick rough right here. You know, it's going to release probably a little more. Um, I need you to create some more backspin on it or something. And they think that they can do it. No, it's, it's so (laughs) hard to do. They'll watch these YouTube clips. Yeah. I think they learn what they needed to learn, implement it to their swing. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to happen. And I'm a YouTube golfer. Haven't gotten lessons yet, but, See, but you're, you're realistic. You're not over here thinking, Oh, I'm going to do this the next day I go out. No, my, no. my goal right now is, and we haven't done an official tally with, with it, but my goal right now is to crack a hundred. That, that is my goal. I, I think I absolutely think you can do that. Well, next time what we, I've seen next time is. we go play, I want to, I want to take a serious scorecard and, and count every shot, every drop ball, everything. Because that's my goal right I mean, now. And that's how you learn your handicap and learn how you improve it. Look, yeah. I, I just know that I hit better after the turn. <laughs> well, you uh, are a baby golfer right now. Uh, yes, just I am. Started. I just started, but um, after I get my pimento cheese sandwich and something to drink, I Gosh. do better. <laughs> For anybody listening, please do pimento. <laughs> they they um, didn't have any today at the course. Did you go to Jamestown? No, today when we played this morning, they didn't have any pimento sandwiches. Is that where you got it last time? Yeah, I thought it was I got a Jamestown. It, yeah, I got it. No, but it was a Jamestown when you got the pimento. No, it was sandwich. Jamestown because yeah, no. What I'm saying is that the course we went to today, yeah, Greensboro National has real food. They had a turkey sandwich and a ham sandwich, but they real didn't food. have a pimento cheese sandwich. Yeah, because that's not a common thing. Uh, at I least it is in it is in North Carolina. But uh, I keep forgetting I'm in the South. So, yeah. um, you were even in the South in Tennessee. Well, yeah, what are you um, talking about? <laughs> so, as far as wait, before you talk about the open, I have something else ask so danny before we move on to the open i want to know your personal opinion now you are a huge tiger woods fan absolutely personally just as a amateur as a baby golfer i think jack nicholas at this point Mm -hmm. is the greatest golfer but i know tiger will eventually pass him okay okay so i I agree with that so don't don't (laughs) shoot me across the table but because tiger's not playing right now so keep that in mind i want to know like of who do you think is best at each type of um, ball striking? So who do you think right now is the best driver? Who is mm-hmm. the best uh, with their irons or best putter or chipping and all that? Like excluding Tiger, okay, because you would probably answer Tiger for all of those almost. But not not now, honestly. Okay, so well, I, yeah. I want you, I want to say, okay, who is each? Who, who do you think right now uh, on the tour oh, yeah. is the best driver? Well, statistically and factual, 
I I can't speak on that. I don't know who actually has the best. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying your opinion. My, my who opinion? do you think? Yeah, okay. Like if you had to acquire their, oh, their if driving. I had to make like a team of like, yeah, okay. if you took all of the best driver, elements. I will always go Rory. Rory's driving game has probably been the best I've like in the game for the last ten years. If so, you if you if you put ten years together, it's okay, so a Rory McIlroy. You yeah. take his driving, love, which is funny him. because whose driving did I pick? Rory. There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I Good picked man. Abraham answer, but that was my what pick. So. Is, okay, you know what? I'm not going to. Wait, wait, wait. Biased with him, wait, though. That's his favorite wait, golfer. Biased, yeah. Wait, but if you look at statistically on the tours that he has been in this this year, yeah. he is in the top three with all of his driving. Now, the other problem. As in accuracy, not yeah. yardage. Okay, well, I'm not. Like me, you think I'm very, uh, you think I go very far? No, but here's the thing. At his yard, uh-huh. uh, like, is it at his average the way these courses are playing, he's other players are being left seven, eight iron. He's being left four, five iron, and okay. that makes a big difference. Okay, but this isn't about me. This is about okay, you. Right, right, right. Okay, so I'll don't just, don't attack. It, it, it my just sounded opinions. crazy to me when you said I was not expecting that name. No. Um. All right, and then next so, will be so iron, iron, iron game. If iron you game? could pick an iron game, uh, that that would have been Tiger. But um, right now, iron game. I've always loved Justin Thomas' iron game. I know he hasn't been playing well, but. I, I think he strikes strikes the ball solidly. So your um, short game, John Rahm. Um, I think he's underrated in the in the short game arena. Talk about someone who needs to win a major. Lord, I want him oh, to well, win. Once well. we start talking about that, well, I I have high expectations. Well, <laughs> we we haven't talked about the U.S. Open yet, but okay. So John Rahm's short game putting, putting. Oh, never mind. He's not even in the field. Well, who's not in the field? I was going like? Ricky. I love Ricky's putting. Okay, Ricky but, Fowler. Uh, okay, that's fair. Because he's mean, not in the field. Most I, I want to pick him. somebody in the field. Okay. Um, who's been putting really? Oh no! Even though he's had horrible for no, let's say three years, Jordan Spieth. I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. His 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 putting has literally cost him majors. Yeah, I know it has. But listen, when he when he gets his putting stroke going, he's hard to beat. Just like most of these players. But the I thing just, is, I he does extremely well until the seventeenth, eighteenth hole of the championship round. I have this theory or idea on him that ever since that day at the Masters, his golf game overcompensated that he like he he just because he was doing so good mm-hmm. yeah and then he, he choked because he was in the mix i mean and not just that like the previous year he had won two majors i think it was like four or five tournaments that he won yeah player of the year won the fedex you know like he had such an amazing year probably the best year since tigers 2008 yeah. or 2001 yeah like and because he had a little bit of struggle issues in the beginning of the next season just like tiger did at that he did the swing change and try to do all these extra things. And I think they, people try to fix things too much now. Yeah. Okay. So I got a couple more, um, mentality. Who do you think has the best mentality? Like who's, whose brain would you say? I want that, that golfer's brain mentality. Dang, man. Yeah, I mean, tiger, I'm here. saying you can't do that. <laughs> Cause I honestly don't know. Oh, Colin, Colin Morikawa. Okay. Love that kid. Colin's yeah. a stud. Yes. I love watching him play. He's, he's not I, my favorite golfer, but he's yeah. he's getting up there. I think he's going to be consistently one of the better players in tour. Yeah. Next. I love watching ball. his videos with Taylor Made. Taylor, um, they've done a Taylor great on this. I they've done a do great job with it. No, no free shout outs. No free shout outs. All right. Unless, <laughs> but unless like, they send us free stuff. Seriously, <laughs> they're, the, the videos they've been doing where you can hear the players dissecting yeah. their game. Mm-hmm. That's Are you talking just about the one free lessons right there? All the Taylor Made. Yeah, guys, yeah. They all that, line that team up. is yeah. stacked. Mm-hmm. I take that team against anybody else. <laughs> okay, so, so well, that team—that's a little unfair. That's literally saying, the top the ten, you know, players in the world. Okay, yeah. so excluding Tiger. Yeah. Okay, 
Who overall right now is your favorite golfer? As overall. And why? Rory. McElroy. Okay. I just, I love Rory's game from the beginning to end. Um, he's like all the other golfers, he's been struggling. Won the Wells Fargo. Yeah. Which Local. Is, which is, you know, that was his first Except ever win. While. Yeah. So, um, wait, you said is what his first? That was his first ever win. Where? For Wells Fargo. At Wells Fargo. Yep. At Quail Hollow, that was his first oh, yeah, win ever. Yeah, yeah, Where he drained that monster foot, uh, a monster putter. What am I saying? English. Where he drained that monster putt on 18. It was like 40 feet or something like that. So who do you think at this point uh, you think is a tad overrated? Overrated? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's who's overrated and who's underrated? Well, you already know overrated. We'll say oh, it. Okay. Brooks Kepka. I knew you were going to say it. Brooks Kepka. He's got okay. four majors. That... When I say that, that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, <laughs> is it because golf is not his passion? Is that why it irks you? No, 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 uh, no, no. This the is thing not is, personal. he won it too pre-COVID, so it's not like. Oh he, no, no, it's not like this was like some random. No, I give him his props for those four majors that he won, which is the most in that time span, and it, and that like a four years time span that yeah, most yeah. people, have, I don't think they ever do that. But honestly, he's just one of those personalities in the game that just didn't seem to fit. Like I, I can see Dustin. Are you saying that a certain type of person can only play golf? Oh, absolutely. No, I'm just joking. Well, then you, <laughs> sir, are not that cookie yeah, cutter no. golfer. I am not a cookie cutter golfer. You guys I'm can't see arrogant. him, but he doesn't look like a golfer. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, he does. It's just maybe. Well, it's not the first uh, sport that people young. think when they look at me. If people don't know, I'm very Hispanic. Yeah, and you're 100% Hispanic. Yeah. So. Born there, parents there. There's golf in Mexico, not really, but, you know. Hey, answer. Yeah. yeah, that's the one guy that we think of, and that's his favorite. I like it, and family, he has a great story. Well, anyways. I know, I know, I know he's not Mexican, but what about Angel Cabrera or Angel? Um, no, no, no. He he is Hispanic. I mean, he is Mexican, isn't he? I thought he was like Masters. I thought he was like Argentinian or something. He might be. I just know that my family rooted for him because he was the only Hispanic guy out there in the league. Yeah, he's Argentinian. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I knew he was Hispanic, but yeah, he won the Masters. All right, so you think Brooks is the most overrated? Who's the most underrated? Can't pick someone who's won a major because obviously when they won I mean, a major, yeah, they're good. The attention. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a player that really doesn't get enough attention. I mean, I think John Rahm. You don't think he gets enough attention? He hasn't won a major though. And so, well, actually, maybe in that case, he might be overrated. In some ways. Yeah. He, I mean, as, because, I mean, he's with TaylorMade. He's got enough hype. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and he hasn't just, he just hasn't performed in the majors. What about Cameron Smith? I like Cameron Smith. My but boy, what, he oh hasn't my gosh, really done much. Obsessed with him. I mean, I'm not obsessed with him. I I, oh. I I like him though. I don't think Cameron Smith has done enough to be okay mentioned. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, like he doesn't get mentioned often, but also he hasn't produced. So yeah. I mean, maybe you could say he's he's underrated. Um, I mean, a lot of the golfers in the top ten because Xander Scheifele. What about him? Because that that's what I was thinking about. He is very underrated because, I mean. Overall game, he has one of the best games on tour. Yeah, and he does not get talked about enough. Well, because technically he's a he's a number six golfer right now. So yeah, every and time he, I he gets talked about like he's thirty. Every yeah. time I see him, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm just going based off what I see on TV. He's always calm. Yeah, I, I and never I think that's I think that's up. why he doesn't attract that kind of attention because he's just a very calm golfer. But do you think that's the main reason why he didn't win the Masters? Because he he remember he choked too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you gotta we gotta remember how new he is to the tour. Yeah, he's, that's true. He's only had a few years, you know. Tiger didn't win his first. I mean, he of course ninety seven was like next year, but that's just Tiger. But even after that, it took him a couple more years. He'll and he'll eventually end up winning majors. Okay, 
I believe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's very underrated. I forgot that people don't. That's how underrated he was. I forgot about him. I didn't. Uh, that's your well, boy. Well, transitioning to um, again, start today the U.S. Open, Torrey Pines, San Diego. This is um, for first off, scenic wise, it is a beautiful course. Uh, mm. Kiowa was really I'd, nice. But. Yeah, I'd I'd say that Torrey Pines is probably one of my favorite courses. Okay, okay. Yeah, you, have you been to Torrey Pines before? I've been. Okay. Never played, of course, mm-hmm. but I would like to. It's hard to play in uh, major courses. Well, yeah. yeah. And well, there's also the north side yeah. of the course. That, that might be that's the that's side a, that they let me on. Yeah. Well, because it's, uh, it's <laughs> a poverty side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's the, that's the uh, city side. Um, but what do you, what are your initial thoughts on this weekend, Danny, with the U.S. Open? Uh, I had high hopes for this tournament. Um, just knowing that it was going to be at Torrey Pines, I'm, you know, very upset that Tiger can't be there, but I'm glad he's recovering. Because, I mean, this is, how many times has he won there? Eight times, I think? I don't know. The Masters? No, 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 Torrey Pines. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, that might be the wrong golf course I'm thinking about. I just know it's, he's won a lot at Torrey Pines. And well, then if, if, you, if we go back, to me, my favorite major of all time is the 2008 major. The 2008 U.S. Open at Torrey Pines? Come on now. Oh, oh I, I'm, I'm going to look. Um, but you said Tiger. How many wins he has at Torrey Pines? Is that, is that when he was playing? That's he, when he was playing he with won. that bad knee, and he made that uh, that putt yeah. on the 72nd hole to get into the playoff. Yeah, yeah. I still think that's the greatest pressure putt of all time. Shot, putt, chip, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The best shot in golf to me will always be that. Uh, you were right. Eight wins yeah. for Tiger at Torrey Pines. So, I mean, some PGA players don't win eight times in their entire career. He yeah, not even majors, in, just yeah. wins. And he's done that eight times in one place. And the funny thing is, this is how t- good Tiger is. He's won eight times, not just at that course, but another course. I can't remember which one. But he's won eight times at what, multiple What, the Masters? Because <laughs> it's close. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, the, um, the Ar- Arnold Palmer's course. Um, which one? The, where the, the, his, the Invitational. Or is it the Memorial? Well, Jack yeah. Nicholas is the Memorial one. Oh, uh, then they did the, 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 the Wherever I can't remember the name, of course, but he's won eight times there, there too. He, the, he will go down as the greatest golfer. You know, I find that interesting with football and. Okay, no, no, no. I was gonna say like Tom Brady, like we, our generation, we have to be able to see the talent that we. Oh, we got have. lucky. Which I because well, you have LeBron James, you have uh, Tom Brady, you have Tiger Woods. Uh, you know, people Baseball, could say maybe, you know, like. Um, you know, Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby with hockey. Like we, we are yeah. right now, we are seeing some of the greatest players ever in their you know, own like sports. Soccer, Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah, Ronald, I mean, yeah, we, we've sure. been lucky to see it. Although I will say I missed prime tiger. I was too, I was like five. Yeah. Five years old. Late nineties, early thousands. What I, I wish I told Dan, if I could have a wish is to be like the age that I am now, but in the 2000, 2001 era yeah. of tiger, yeah. Where you will never see that again. I, I honestly, my bad. I will honestly believe that you will never see that in golf ever again. Like Tiger Woods in general? Like 2000, 2001 Tiger, you'll never see oh, that. Oh, yeah. With, that close to being a perfect game. And, and well, we got to think. So in 2000, he won three majors. In 2001, he won one major. And then 2002, he won two majors. Yeah. And then 2005, he won two as well. And then, golly, well, dude. Like, that's the stretch from. I think it's like March of 2000 to June of 2001, where I think he won like what, like 11 tournaments, three, four majors in a row. Wait, so he won three majors in 2000, 
but he did win the Masters in 2001. But so yeah, four it was probably in a row. Which, yeah, because it leaped over the following year. Yeah. yeah. So what? That's an incredible stretch. What do you think makes uh, Tiger head and shoulders above the rest? Like, what about his game? I, is like, I, this th- is the I best think it's because he was bred to play golf. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like from the moment Dad he was very tough on walk, him. talk anything, um, he, he was made to play golf. Like, and that was his whole world. He even talked about it himself that when he grew up, I mean, he had friends, but his whole life was, he'd spend every day at the golf course. His dad trained him because his dad was in, uh, was it like army or Navy SEAL? Military. I knew that. I just don't yeah, know. But, you know, when that kind of dad, you know, he taught him, was like, hey, we're going to do this for real. Mm-hmm. And he called it. He's like, since his son was like eight, he's like, my my son will be the greatest golfer. And I mean, he wasn't far off. Yeah. He, I mean, like Dan said, when he's when it's all said and done, yeah. he will be. I, I agree with you on this. Okay, Dan. Okay. I agree with you. With Wait, this. I want to hear it. Jack Nicholas okay. has overall the better career. Uh-huh. But the span of Tiger from 97 to 2008 uh-huh. was the best golfer that golf has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Probably Absolutely. one of the best athletes, too. Oh, yeah. So how many majors he won? I think for six years in a row, he was like the number one athlete in the world. Yeah. I mean, who, who brought that much attention to a sport like golf? You, well, I will. We we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Drew and I, that he has come because of Tiger. Golf is where it is today. Yeah. I was looking at the salaries like the or the purse of a tournament like right before he had his prime mm-hmm. compared to now. I mean, they were getting paid oh, tons. Crazy, yeah. yeah. He, Golfers he, back then couldn't even like really live off of their salary. Yeah. Like they would have to do other things. Well, even like women's golf right now, I think the purse is like around sixty thousand. Like it's so that's bad. Crazy. When I was I, when I was I watching I played it. tournaments with her, purses bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. But you know, Dane and I said, and I agree with this wholeheartedly. There is no, there's no sport that has an athlete that's more valuable and important than Tiger is to golf. Yeah, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. he has completely changed and revolutionized golf. Like, look, LeBron James is great, but Michael Jordan did it before him. Tom Brady's great, but there were football players that did it before him. But Tiger has meant more for his game than any other athlete has to theirs. You could, you could genuinely sense that he's not there when he's not there. Like, oh, you absolutely. feel that. Like, uh, other sports, you can say, yeah, I mean, it would, like once Michael Jordan left, like, yeah, he left, but it wasn't like this giant hole in the NBA. Yeah, because right? then at that time you had Kobe, Kobe he yeah, was in his prime. Yeah. And then, you know, when Kobe starts getting toward the end of his LeBron's there. So these sports have, have not had a void like Tiger has left. And I think it's because there. there's no other player like Tiger. Like oh, absolutely. Kobe was similar to Michael Jordan. Yeah. LeBron is his own type of game, but he was just as good. Mm-hmm. Sure. Tiger, since then, I haven't seen anybody, and I don't think I will see. And anybody. we've seen stretches. You know, at one point, we thought it was Jordan Spieth. At one oh, yeah. point, well, we Roy thought it was Roy. We and, thought it was yeah. Brooks. Like, there's been players that have really good stretches, but it hasn't been, you yeah. know, as the longevity. Yeah. That and I think that's had. what yeah. made Tiger so good is, oh, I saw the stat the other day that blew my mind. Because when he had the lead going into the final round, I think he was like, like 100%. <laughs> yeah, or actually, it was like one tournament that he didn't get. It. But in every other player, so essentially, you're telling me that if he's going into he, the fourth round, he's guaranteed. What the to win. He was guaranteed to win, which is insane. Because how many players, including our favorite players, w- can have the lead in the final round and it just blow? And it they're up. like, Choke. well, crap. Blow it up. Um, you know, the pressure's gotten to me. That's why it, the 2019 Masters to this day holds my heart. I cried like you, a baby. No, you almost <laughs> did. You actually cried. Okay, inside. I was yeah, say, but the thing is, like, understandably, <laughs> I've never seen you cry. Like people, 
being emotional about that, completely understand. It's like when people got emotional with Phil one, but I think what Tiger did was even greater because of the thing that, you know, well, things different that scenarios too. Yeah. Like yeah. Phil is a lot of his age, Tiger's injuries. And I know we got other stuff to talk about, but I, I do just want to say, I think that's the greatest comeback story in golf. Let's get into picking our U S open uh, winners. So Danny, for you, for me, who is someone that you think is going to win and somebody that maybe you would like to see win? I would love to see John Rahm win. I think he's going to win. And here's why. To be that close to winning, okay, was it two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two weeks ago before yeah. he got COVID. When your game is on fire like that. He was minus 18. Yes. And to be to be that close and you for almost a shoe-in to win. Mm-hmm. He was like then, six strokes ahead. Yeah. And then to tell you, mm-hmm. nope, sorry. Yeah. Now, granted, he hasn't been able to do much. I don't know if they actually like kept him off from practicing during this whole it wasn't even, has it been 14 Look, days? If, if there's one game of golf or they, they one said game, he's a, he's like able a to play. They yeah. said he's able to play, but he had to, he's, he's basically arriving like a day before. I think he yeah. arrived yesterday. And so his, his practice time is going to be cut way in half. Okay. okay. And then he's was, won, was he's won there. at that course before mm-hmm. he, his game fits that course. Well, I think he's at least top three. I believe he'll win. Well, you know, I'm awful at picking. Uh, always have been. I mean, I, why? I think it's because you pick Abraham answer. <laughs> I, I, no, wait, 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 wait. I have not picked Abraham to win anything. Thank you. Before you even said it, Danny, I was going to pick John as well. And a lot of it had to do with the whole COVID situation. I knew you were going <clears> to <throat> pick him. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk before you talked because you said everything I was going to say. I'm sorry. Um, but I'm picking John Rahm, and I saw I was looking at the betting odds, and they have Dustin Johnson at number two. I'm like, can we stop with this, please? Are you not a DJ guy? I just think look at what he's done in the PGA Championship. Didn't even didn't even make the cut. Well, a lot uh, of people didn't make and, the cut. Well, that was a tough. That, that's Wilson. well, they kept moving. Remember, they, yeah, kept moving they kept moving the uh, the cut line, and um, because people were playing so bad, uh, and then with the Masters, he completely fell apart, which is interesting because he won it in November. Yeah. Um, but I saw he was at, he was oh, favorite. Like he just won the masters last year. He, I don't think his game is overhyped. He's having a I, little rough stretch. I'm not, I didn't say it was overhyped. I'm just saying like, I don't think he's that deserving, he should. Deserving to be at number two. Uh, okay. Well, I don't think, I think John Rahm is the best bet. And a lot of it has to do with, he was playing so well two weeks ago before COVID took him out and he needs, he needs a master or he needs a major, excuse me. So All right. Andrew, who's, so who's your guy? Well, Dan, who'd you pick? He picked John Rahm the same as me. We both picked John Rahm. All right. Cop outs. That's not a cop out. You weren't. No, that's no, I, I, I heard your argument. He, he was doing well two weeks ago, got COVID and, and because this dramatic comeback story that you guys are going with, you think <laughs> hey, he's hey, going to win. Wait, wait, wait. Can uh, I say his game matched that week? Can I say yeah, with, with Dustin Johnson? What? I say he's not even getting in the top five final results. The final round, he's not even going to be top five. I'm just saying that. Dustin yeah, but that, that's, I'm just saying. That's not that. Look, I'm saying he is not on his game this season. It's not a bold prediction. You should say, like, he's no. not going to get top 10 or top 15. Well, fine. If that'll top make five, that's better. incredibly hard to get. Fine. Top so 10. the U.S. Open. Like, uh, we can talk about this a little bit later if you want to. Do you want me to You wait can to talk ask? now. Do you want me to wait to ask after you say your guy? No, you can ask me now. Okay. So... I'm I'm biased on this opinion. So what do you guys think about the U.S. Open and how it's notorious for being super difficult? Like they try to basically make it to where the players can't even break par. Well, in a way, I feel like they're trying to make it like the open 
where they're trying to like, because it's incredibly hard to play at the open. I mean, the courses there are vastly different, but I, I mean, I like the fact that that players struggle to hit. Yeah, par. That's what I was like, do you, do you prefer to watch player like P, the PGA players struggle on through four rounds? Yeah. Or do you I want love them it. To go like 24. No, like when it was at whistling, mm-hmm. uh, was it whistling, whistling Hills? Straights. Yeah. Whistling straight. Sorry. That's in Wisconsin. Course. That's the course that I really want to go play. But I mean, that course was incredibly difficult. Now I like to see that because it, it makes us know that, all right, they're human too. Yeah. The best of the best are even struggling. I enjoy yeah. seeing it. Uh, that, that's how I like the U.S. Open because Bryson was the only one under par last uh, U.S. Open. I like seeing um, final results within single digits, yeah. uh, particularly yeah. within the maybe that's five. like a like a What's psychological like with, thing we do. Maybe we think yeah, well, we can do this. I like I like <laughs> yeah yeah I like single digits uh, with final results. I mean, with two weeks ago with John Rom again, he was a minus eighteen uh, when he had to drop out. But I I like hard courses. I mean, these are the best of the best, and they should be able to. Um, I'm not handle sure. It. Yeah, I'm not sure if we've seen it, but I think in the coming years we're going to see a player break thirty. A minus thirty. Yeah, Dustin that Johnson was, almost had it. Yeah, it was like twenty. Mm-hmm. No, at the Masters, what it was he like twenty. Oh, and it was the know, and it was the the. I'm the thinking of a different largest. tournament. He was like twenty four under. Or yeah, something. yeah, in November it was the largest win in terms of um you know under par. Uh, that the Masters have ever seen. It's funny. The the way you win in golf is play less golf. Yep. Uh, I love how that <laughs> works out. But so for me, I, I have a lot of different, you know, honestly, you know, I could say maybe Colin Morikawa, Cameron Smith, B- Billy Horschel, players like that. I don't know. I think Xander Shifley, he's been playing well. He's, you know, I've been watching him out there as far as like the practice range and walking the greens and things like that. I don't know. I just feel good about Xander. I think this might be his first ever major win. Um, I would definitely enjoy seeing it. I think John Rahm would be cool to see him get his first as well because he's number three in the world, but he hasn't won a major. Uh, so that means he's just been knocking on the door. I just haven't been able to produce yet. Um, but I, I'm going to go with Xander. I think he right now he's playing well. He I think he has what it takes. Uh, really just depends on you know how the other golfers are are going to be able to play. Um, as far as like hitting the greens, because I, I mean, hitting the fairways, I feel like that's been the commonality of, of a lot of golfers struggling is they can't hit fairways. Yeah. Is there a wild card you guys might have in the mix? Somebody like mm. we wouldn't really expect to win, but he might, you know, just have a good week. Expect to win, not expect to win. Will Zalatoris. <laughs> Will Zalatoris. Um, might surprise you. Mm, that's a good question. Or, oh. Kevin Kisner. That's who that's that's if I Kiz. I just want Look, Kiz because that, I would love to golf is your with him. Prototype golfer, like dude. He's he's like, like a frat boy yeah, golfer. Yeah, and he's he's older. I love to see Kisner uh go out Did there you hear and win his, it. His uh his opinion on the uh Brooks and Bryson thing? Uh no, but I'm sure it was funny. Yeah, I mean of course he had a funny response. He he I think he said it's like Unless they're going to fight or something, like, the, why even have the little baby drama? I was like, yeah, that's right. I would love to see him fight. I would love to see those, him hey, those, paired up with... Uh, lie, those are two big dudes. Yeah, they, they are. I, but I would love to see both of them play with, with Tom Brady and, like, Peyton Manning or something. Oh, yeah, or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm being, shout out to, to USGA for even trying to pair them. Because they reached out to Bryson's camp. Yeah, yeah. And Bryson said, nope. They didn't want to play with Brooks? They did not want to play with Brooks. Hmm. which is interesting because I thought it was the other way around. I would have thought like it's Bryson that wants to kind of like mess yeah, with it. Yeah. No, well, I know that. So um, Dave Portnoy of Barstool is going to be doing a 
a like literal charity yeah, tournament with with uh with Brooks because yeah. Brooks is gonna play left handed, <laughs> and Dave said he wanted to get Bryson as his caddy. That's <laughs> so, hilarious. Uh, but but no did one, you see he, the pic of when Brooks sent the picture of Dave or Dave in as a kid? Oh yeah, he's he had the traditional hat that Bryson wears. Yeah, yeah. Brooks is funny on social media. Yeah, All right, so our choices. I'm going with Xander. You both are going with John Rom. Um, Kevin Kisner for my, you know, whatever. Do you have like a random? You said Will. You're gonna Will. go with Zill. Yeah, Will. I like to see Will. Oh, Will Zalatoris. Do you know Dan? what? What do you think about Paul Casey? I like him. Okay. Oh, I mean, well, he just was, he's one of those names that's been in golf for such a long time uh-huh. and consistent, but it's not like outstanding. One of the older yeah. guys. It's underwhelming almost. Yeah. Look, I'm not good with picking golfers, but I'll. Like, we can. Casey I mean, to, we can go deep on names. Golf is at a great place right now because you got Tony Finau, Justin Rose. Um, even the older guys like Adam Scott still, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't know. I'll take Paul Casey as he'll do better than I think people think. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. The, again, the, the U.S. Open's actually underway right now. But anything else to add, Dan, Danny? No, just uh, thank you, Danny, for coming on. That was thank awesome to talk about. Thank you guys for having me on here, man. Someone who actually Fun. knows golf. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next Thursday. Much love. Thanks for listening to The Dan and Drew Show. Catch all our episodes anywhere you find your podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Dan and Drew Show. We'll catch you next week for your weekly hit on all things sports. Signing off.